0: Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast where we break down Bendis's iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. I am John as nice always. Nice to meet you. How's hey, it going? Hi, how you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs>
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um you know, we've got a bunch of cats with us
0: today. Zach's got all three of his cats in the pod room they ready hanging to roll. Out- In the studio and most importantly They're being good girls (laughs) No one's messing with the mic Knocking over the coffee cups Anything like that Trying to kill the new one None of that How's your week been? Dude it's been a week It has I mean so much has happened
1: It sounds like it's been a week for both of us then Because Zach asked me right before we started recording And I said
0: I think I said the exact same thing I said it's been a week Yeah Dude, I'm running on so little sleep over the last few days, but it is what it is. Yeah. Is that the draft? Is that mostly or have um, you had other stuff going on? Uh, so it was the draft and then I got back. So first day of the draft could not have possibly gone better. Um, I was so excited and I got home. Uh, I was at my parents house watching it and I got back to my house at like a little after midnight. And the new cat had peed on our comforter and it went through to the oh blankets and everything. Gosh. And it was on my side. So did I did get stri- all the way through to like the mattress. Yeah, I figured that out the next day. Oh so I had to strip gosh. the bed at midnight, throw everything in the washer and then sleep on the couch, which I didn't get any sleep. So then I, I stayed home from work the next day to try and get some sleep, but I just did chores around the house and didn't end up actually sleeping. And then uh, last night I went to um, punk rock night at the melody Inn here in Indianapolis. Cause one of my favorite bands was, was coming through and it was like $12, but I'd never been to this place before. And I guess their punk rock nights last until 1am. So, <laughs> I was running off of like no sleep the past two days and had to wait until midnight for this band to even take the stage. So are you ready for the pod? Oh, yeah, I'm uh, OK. I am like so exhausted, but I'm just letting my excitement for Spider-Man carry me through. Yeah. OK, good. So what's up with you? How, how was your week?
1: Um it was pretty good. It was a pretty good week. The end of it, Friday yesterday was uh it was a day, Zach, because you know I teach at a school, much like your wife. And I'm a resource teacher, which means I go into a bunch of other a bunch of different classrooms and the one I go into the most is math and I'm getting my license um and it's going to be a math specialty, so so I'd like to be a math teacher in the future. And on Friday at lunch, I stepped out for lunch. And when I stepped back in, the math teacher was no longer teaching at the school. I guess he was maybe looking for another job and ended up finding one or ended up, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of above my pay grade, but I talked to the principal and she was like, so so you're covering the math math class for the rest of the year. And I was like, okay that's that's a that's a lot to unpack (laughs) let's go let's go yes got a promotion Um, (laughs) yes uh it comes with no extra pay
0: and extra work so (laughs) oh come on they gotta they gotta throw you some kind of some kind of bonus for that maybe
1: maybe for next year um
0: but but certainly not for this year Wow, that's crazy. Well, congrats on the new position, John. Uh, what I know you said you had something else. What, what's that other thing? So after school on Friday, I went
1: out golfing with the gym teacher. We do that like every Friday. We've got like a standing uh, tea time at like 430. And Zach, have you ever golfed before? Yeah, but I'm not good. It's been a while. Well, then you might know this because your balls probably don't go in the fairway a lot, but when you hit a ball, and it's going towards somebody else, do you know what you're supposed to yell? Do you have the golf knowledge for that? Three. Three. (laughs) Exactly. Or anything.
0: You should yell something, though, right? (laughs) Right. Duck or four, usually.
1: Well, I was just hanging out on the golf course, and... uh, you know, there were some people teeing off on the hole coming towards us because it was like it was like a, like a two lane highway. So we were going down one side and they were coming down the other. And all of a sudden, uh, I'm sure you can tell where this story's going. But I just got like wrecked by a golf ball in the ribs from somebody who was teeing off on the other hole. And I could see them and we're looking at them when they teed off because I didn't want to get hit. And they could see me, and nobody called forward. Nobody said anything. I'm just, like, standing there, and then all of a sudden, it felt like I had been, like, shot in the ribs, and I, you know, immediately let out a word that we're not going to use on the pod and just, like, fell to my knees. And I've actually got kind of a welt that, that ended up forming overnight that our listeners won't be able to see, but I'll stand up and show you real quick. Oh, man, that... It's a miracle it wasn't worse. Yeah, well
0: I'm sure you know you would have rather it just didn't hit you at all, but at least it wasn't like, you know, other areas. I mean I can think of some some places a golf ball would do immense damage. Oh my gosh. It would kill someone if it
1: hit him in the head, you know. Yeah. I I mean at the very least it would like crack your skull. Like a a golf ball, it's like a hundred miles an hour coming in and yeah, so so I, I do consider myself very unlucky, while also being insanely, insanely lucky that I did not get, you know, I didn't even break a rib or, or anything. I just have a pretty good welt in it, and it kind of hurts. I had
0: to sleep on the other side last night. At least you'll always have an insane story. Who gets hit by a golf ball? <laughs> I bet there's fewer people out there who have been hit by a golf ball than have gotten a hole in one playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> I I bet that is true. I bet that's true. Um, so, but there were so three people in someone, their group. So if you ever meet someone talking about a hole in one, just be like, "Oh yeah, well, have you ever been pelted by the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ball?" Um, but there were three people in their group. Nobody yelled for it. I just don't. I just yeah, don't that's... understand how that is that's you know, trash first yeah. of all like you're a bad golfer second of all you're a, <laughs> probably a bad person
1: when i when i we drove we drove past them and i was like the first thing they go because they could see me i'm standing out there like with my arms up like yelling i'm like why didn't you say anything and um and we drove past them because it was like a highway you know we we're gonna go past each other And I'm not, you know, confrontational and I don't really, I don't see the point of getting angry and screaming after the fact of something has already happened. So, uh, you know, but they were just like, did that really hit you? And I'm like, yes. Are you? I fell to the ground and screamed. (laughs) He goes, I just, I can, I
0: thought it was, I did not think it was going to be that short. It's like, oh my God, man. I like how you say you're not confrontational. You don't see the point. Well, why not? What What are they gonna do? Hit you again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I don't even know what I'd. What I'd.
1: You know. You. You bad golfer. That's what I should have just said. <laughs> um. So it was a day, man. Uh. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Jeez. But, that I know crazy. It was it was it was a wild one. Finished out and the round. We had like 3
0: or 4 holes left. <laughs> so we both had pretty eventful weeks and this isn't even to mention that our city got a new mayor basically. <laughs> For like a split second I was
1: like there was an election this past week. <laughs> And then I know that. No, you're obviously talking about the new quarterback that we both wanted the Colts to draft Anthony Richardson. Yes, I say that because
0: people outside of Indianapolis have no idea like when they were here, how much power Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck had over the city. And he's presumably stepping into like the same kind of role. And he's 20 years old, which is wild. But yeah, good for him. That's exactly who I wanted. I yeah
1: I he was the only pick that would have been a good pick I think at the time because you know you just have to take a QB when you, when you don't have anyone um yeah and 20 years old I mean he could I, I think just throw him in and let him start and and let him be bad for two years you still got a 22
0: year old quarterback who now has two years NFL experience that's all he needs is experience in my yeah, opinion he's 20 he just years has- old it's not that he's, you know, a bad player like some people try to make it out to be. It's that he literally has like a quarter of the experience anyone else does. But he's more talented than anyone else we've ever seen. Yeah. Like literally just let him learn from mistakes. Yeah. Very exciting. And and
1: hopefully they have a pretty high pick next year, which I would imagine that they will because they won't be very good. Um and you know you get Marvin Harrison Jr. and pair him with him and that is just some Indianapolis fun. I think that's a pipe dream, with, but um, but hey, why, that, why, why don't you think that that we would do that?
0: Because I mean, he's I mean, not. If, you
1: don't think Harrison Jr. would go like number one or two, right? He'll he'll go like seven or eight. You know where I think he he'll right? go.
0: I think he'll go like three or four. Do you? And I think it took an insane amount of bad luck for us to get the fourth pick this year i don't think we're gonna be that bad again yeah
1: well don't you know but zach's
0: Zach's pissing on my cheerios as they might say there are other good players besides marvin harrison jr like i still overall feel hope for the team for the first time in a long time yeah i agree all right so
1: let's see we talked uh, Music shows We talked golf balls <laughs> We talked the NFL draft Is that
0: everything? Um, I think that's it We talked about our cats Ooh, can't forget the cats We talked about yep. how I haven't slept Yeah Okay, let's do it Every business says they're better But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal Back it up It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org.
1: Okay, issues 29 and 30 today. We're back uh, with a new Ultimate Spider-Man storyline. Um, so, issue 29, Stolen Identity, written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Art Taber. Ben Urich, uh, reporter for the Daily Prophet Bugle, Bugle. <laughs> Planet, <laughs> is at the bank. It's just a standard day. He's just trying to get some money out of his account, but his ATM card isn't working. So he's going to go and ask the teller for help. And the bank teller uh, recognizes him as Ben Yurick from the Daily Bugle. And I thought she was fawning over him a bit, like maybe flirting a little bit. That's that's the way I I read it. She's telling him she's how great he is.
0: Yeah, she's got to be like a journalism major or something to to recognize him. Yeah, she's telling him how brave he is for writing the king down, the the king for taking
1: down the kingpin with his kingpin storyline, and I just really hope that kingpin's coming back. That's that's what I was hoping. Well, and it might be, you know, um, but I I so I can't wait to see kingpin come back. And just as the teller and Ben are talking. We hear a loud crash and somebody off page says, don't anybody move. And, you know, the next panel we see, who is it that's robbing the bank? But
0: Spider-Man himself. And, and yes, I've got something to point out about this beautiful uh, full page panel of Spider-Man holding up the like security guard by his shirt. He's webbed up the security guard and he's holding him. That image ended up getting repurposed as the cover and like the main image for the ultimate Spider-Man video game. That's like some J Jonah Jameson stuff, you know? (laughs) Well, they don't have the, uh, they don't have the security guard in it. It's just like from his like spider logo up. So is that the exact costume?
1: Is there anything looking at that picture where you can look at it and immediately be like, that's not Spider-Man. It looks pretty identical. Yeah. So and the only reason we really know it's probably not Spider-Man right now, apart from him robbing the bank, is that the issue is called stolen identity. So.
0: So good job uh, spoiling. Spoiling the plot (laughs) twist. here i was Um, just thinking our spider-man had turned bad i can believe it um so he's got the security guard
1: webbed up he says you hear me this is a robbery you want out of here in one piece you'll do what i say and spidey asks for the bank manager and the bank manager steps forward and says his name is david rosenberg and spider-man says nice to meet you mr rosenberg and then knocks him out and this isn't your granddaddy spider-man So Spidey picks up Mr. Rosenberg and chucks him through the teller window, shattering the glass, and tells the ladies behind the desk to fill up the money bag with the big bills, and Ben Urich just watches on, confused and worried. And when Spider-Man jumps through the window, we kind of get a shot of his outfit not fitting as properly that's what i thought they were trying to to make us seem because we can see his stomach it's like his outfit doesn't doesn't fit as well as it's supposed to it's riding up he's got this cute little spider crop top yes (laughs) um sorry if you guys can hear my dogs barking so ben yurik spies his belly button and his midsection. At least that's what I thought it was. And maybe he right away is like, this doesn't seem like it's Spider-Man. But back at the Daily Bugle, J. Jonah Jameson is ecstatic. He tells Yurik, I I love you. I really do. The Bugle is getting an exclusive on the story because no one else from the press was there. Ben Yurik just happened to be there. And as they're talking about this, the bank robber himself, Peter Parker, walks in. And he's quickly told by Betty Brant that Spider-Man robbed a bank and J. Jonah Jameson is throwing a party because of it. And Peter seems awfully
0: confused. Do you want to read his speech bubble or can I? You can read it. He goes, he has like a shocked face and he's like, who's he what? (laughs) Um, so
1: Yurik tells J. Jonah Jameson that he just isn't sure it's the same Spider-Man as before because the the person robbing the bank didn't have the same grace as the last time Yurik saw Spidey fighting Doc Ock. And he's like, This, this isn't Spider-Man's MO. Why would he just start robbing banks all of a sudden? He says, why would Spider-Man all of a sudden and before he can even finish his thought, J. Jonah Jameson says, why would a football player all of a sudden murder his wife? People turn like milk. And that is a reference
0: we all know to O.J. Simpson. I feel so, like they always are talking about O.J. in the Daily Bugle room, because in one of the early issues, they were like this, this Spider-Man story. This is our O.J. Do they? I remember uh, Jonah saying that
1: when let's see, when was the OJ Simpson trial? OJ Simpson like 94.
0: Trial.
1: Oh, was it? Okay. 97. So, uh, so it would have been a couple of years past this three or four. So Jay Jonah Jameson and Ben Yurik get into a shouting match and J Jonah Jameson is just, he just kind of keeps shouting at him. He's just like, write the story, write the story. And Yurik finally agrees. and. J. Jonah Jameson finally notices Peter in the room. And the way the panels are drawn, he's just like pointing at him in every single panel. And he's like, You, you are the one that took the pictures of Spider Man. I need, I need, you know, I need one of your pictures for the front page of this bank rob, robber story. And there's multiple panels drawn where J. Jonah Jameson's finger is just like, pointing we get it's like a panel of peter but we can just see from off screen a finger being like pointed at him and in the very last one he says he says there's your perfect front page spider-man criminal as he's pointing at peter parker
0: who has the saddest (laughs) face ever he does that's what i said and i said peter looks disgusted and sad with a big fat finger pointed in his face Jonah never puts the finger down, but it's like like tilted in different directions and he's yeah. got multiple speech bubbles. So it's like he's pointing at Peter and stops and then just starts waving his finger, which is very funny. <laughs> uh, so Peter is
1: depressed. He's taking the subway home. He can't even muster the energy to swing home. He's just completely down and out about this imposter. And he gets off the subway and he's walking home thinking to himself about MJ. And he's like, I just don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have told her about my life about Spider-Man. Maybe I should tell her I'm in love with her. She told Harry she's in love with me, but she hasn't even said said that to me. And he thinks to himself, I'm going to find that guy. And and before he can finish his thought, he's cut off by the sight of a police car in front of his house. And he immediately... Excuse me. And he immediately runs in the house looking for Aunt May. And uh, who who does Peter find in the house? But the same person he always finds in the most random places. But Gwen Stacy's in his house sleeping on her couch. Sleeping on his couch. And her dad is talking to Aunt May. And it sounds like Gwen is going to be staying with Peter and Aunt May for a little bit. Because... Her mom left town and her dad. What What is what is the deal with her dad? Why? Is she, why is not her dad taking care of her here? I'm trying to reread and figure it out. Maybe he's just got work to do or something. I think I think she just needs a place to stay because her dad's got to like work and and, you know,
0: whatever. He's like he says he's terrified of her. He's like, yeah, he has no idea how to be a single parent to a like teenage girl. And he's also always working. And I thought I spied a little chemistry between Mr. Stacy and Aunt May. Oh, I've noticed that the last time they interacted too. Really? I I felt like there was a little flirtation there. This, this time they're like us single parents have to stick together.
1: And they're both like talking about how scared they are to get back out into the dating scene. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice. I mean, it's nicer for Aunt May. What's it, Mr. Stacy's wife just left like two days ago? Yeah, <laughs> get a grip, man. She said, "Don't wait up," and he's like, "Okay." <laughs> and he's immediately getting rid of his daughter and <laughs> and looking to date again. Um, he was so, so ready for that. Oh, you know what? I wrote. I I did read here. So there's a police detective conference in town this weekend. So Gwen is going to be staying with them for the weekend. Yeah, and. So. And MJ is in the basement, and Peter. She must have like come over or something, and Peter's talking to her about the situation with Gwen, and and MJ's pretty upset, rightly so because you know she's now like showed up in the middle of the night, and then he was talking to her in the dumpsters, and now she's like here, and she's like, what am I supposed to think? She's just showing up here in the middle of the night. She's sleeping over. And Peter's like, I'm not going to do anything with her. Don't you trust me? And MJ shouts back with tears in her eyes. I don't trust her. Ever since she came here, I've seen what's been going on. Um, And I see what's going on also. Gwen is interested. She's trying to steal Peter. You think
0: so? Yes, I do. Do you not? I think trying to steal Peter might be might be a little too strong. I think she I think she's going through a lot of her own stuff and I think she wants attention from wherever she can get it. Okay. Zach, you're so thoughtful. I just like her, man.
1: <laughs> I, I sympathize <laughs> I don't, with her character. I like MJ. No, I do like her. Um I like but, them both. I do feel but I do feel bad for Mary Jane because this, you know, this would be a
0: lot. But just think of the potential. Like, how much better can this story be, both from a drama standpoint and a comedic standpoint? That, like, you know, the girl that Peter's girlfriend hates is now living with him. You know, wacky hijinks ensue, high drama. This is sitcom level stuff. It it truly is, and I'm here for
1: it. <laughs> So MJ screams at Peter, you know, asking him if he told her that she, that he was Spider-Man and Peter tells her no and Mary Jane just walks out of the basement annoyed and crying a little bit and Peter looks at the door. <laughs> and Peter looks at the door after she's
0: left and he just says, "Well, that was annoying." <laughs> I get Mary Jane's perspective of it too. I do. Like I get why everyone feels the way they do, but it is kind of funny that Peter is blessed with the curse of like too many beautiful women wanting his attention. <laughs> and the second he gets in a fight with the one he's dating, he's like, Man, I just got nagged. That was annoying. Like, <laughs> dude, appreciate the position you're in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, Gosh, uh, I don't know. Peter's very like, I don't know if down to earth is the right word, but. I guess the real thing is I just thought of this but Peter has enough big things going on in his life that he's he he just doesn't have like the emotional capacity to be dealing with like Mary Jane's insecurities about something that isn't actually happening, you know? Like he's it's just like I've I'm like fighting like monsters and
0: stuff like, you know, nothing's happening with Gwen. This is yes. And he's also very bad at women. (laughs) I mean, both are both are simultaneously true. Yeah.
1: So Peter and Gwen are now studying at the table and May is watching the news and they cut to a developing story about Spider-Man robbing a jewelry store And Peter asks if he can step out a bit to go and see Mary Jane. And he begins swinging across the city. And he gets to the location of the robbery. And the police are saying towards the the jewelry store, you know, because Spider-Man is in the jewelry store robbing the place. Make it easy on yourself and come out with your mask off and your hands up. And just then, the real Spider-Man swings by and says, Please allow me, guys. I am dying to have a talk with this guy myself. And the police immediately turn on him. And they're like, you have to the count of three. And Peter's like, guys, I'm clearly not robbing a jewelry store. I'm
0: right here talking to you. But they start blasting. Anyways, I started blasting. (laughs) My favorite part about that is he says, Come on, I'm not robbing anything. I don't even have any pockets. <laughs> I do like love the
1: idea of the police like like <laughs> they just completely forget that, like they're looking for this guy that's inside and they're like, this guy is Spider-Man, too. And they just I mean, there's there's like no thought going on. Um. So. Peter attempts to dodge all the gunfire, but he gets shot and he falls down and the news is there. So the cameras watch on and on our final page, we just see a bloodied and shot Peter Parker in his Spider-Man outfit, lying on the pavement with officers all around him, guns drawn. And I can't help but think, didn't this happen like in a previous issue? Because I remember, I think I remember saying like, this is very similar to the scene in one of the Andrew Garfield movies where, He's, like, being surrounded by police officers. Um, but I it can't reminded remember when me of that, that was. Scene.
0: It reminded me of that scene, too. I'm not sure that we've... Hmm. Oh, you know what it was? It was after Doc Ock um, fought him, and he was on the pier, and they had him surrounded, and then he jumped in the water and uh, ditched his
1: oh, yeah. costume. So did he get shot then?
0: I don't think so. I think he so just this got... is
1: beat up I, I think okay i thought so too i was thinking that this was the first time he'd been shot um this was pretty exciting i am very interested in who this clone spider-man is or or not clone but who the who the other spider-man is because it reminds me of a batman storyline called hush where someone like took on bruce the batman like bruce wayne and batman's identity and It's just pretty exciting, you know. Um, So I can't wait to to see who they are and how they get a similar power set to Spider-Man. I think the issue dragged a little bit in the middle. I just don't care about the Gwen Stacy stuff. Um, I think I'm like Peter. I'm like, man, this is annoying. (laughs) Got too much stuff to deal with. Um, But overall, I really like this one. I'm looking forward to the second part of it.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Do you have a a rating system for us? Yes,
0: I do. But I was going to let you give your thoughts before I said my rating. So I think it's funny that the the Gwen MJ love triangle stuff doesn't work for you because I just think it's so charming. I think it's funny that he has all these beautiful women around him and he has absolutely no idea how to give any of them what they want. and like you said like sometimes he's just so wrapped up in superhero stuff he just doesn't even bother to try um, yeah but i i think all those dynamics are fun um and i th- honestly i think that's kind of what what i love about this whole series what draws me back when i when i crave reading this it's not the action or the dialogue even though i do like those things it's like his little high school group like those yeah. are the characters I find myself missing. Yeah. Um,
1: um. Well, I gave this out of ten. Bank tellers flirting with Ben Urich. Okay.
0: Unless you have a better, unless you have a better rating system. Nope. I will give it a solid seven out of ten. Bank tellers flirting with Ben Urich. I gave this a solid eight out of ten. Bank tellers flirting with Ben Urich.
1: Okay, So Ben Urich might be the only one who has more beautiful ladies around him than
0: Peter Parker does. Might be. All right. So are we ready to move on to issue 30? I'm ready. All right. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man issue 30. It's titled Emergency. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Penciled by Mark Bagley. Inked by Art to Bear. And colored by Transparency Digital. So we open on Spider-Man on the ground, bleeding, with police officers surrounding him and pointing guns at him. And they're telling him to stay down or else they will blow his head off. So they've clearly not cooled down at all or started thinking, you know, logically, like John said and so, do you, so so the other spider-man is probably
1: still in the bank right or do you probably think, or, or the jewelry store Or i wonder if he's taking the
0: time to escape since no one's watching him anymore he's like looking out the window and he's like man good thing that guy's taking the heat for me It it would be funny if
1: like really small in one of the like backgrounds of these panels we just see someone in a Spider-Man outfit, like carrying bags of
0: jewelry, walking down the street, <laughs> tiptoeing with a, a big sack over his shoulder yeah. with a money <laughs> sign on it. Yeah. Um. The cops slap the cuffs on Peter and they start Mirandizing him. And every time that happens in fiction, I, I remember the scene in 21 Jump Street where they don't know the rest of it because they. You know, they say they never finish it on TV. They always cut to commercial (laughs) or the person runs away. And that's what kind of happens here. They put him up against a car and slam him um, on the hood. And the cop says, grab the mask. Let's end this stupid. And they start to remove Peter's mask. And he yells off me as he donkey kicks the cops away. And they never finished reading him his rights. And he jumps on the hood of the car And runs up the side of a building while they open fire on him. And he makes it to the roof and starts trying to pull his cuffs apart. And I'd like to read his thought bubbles as he's tugging on his handcuffs. He says, this can't be it. I've, ugh, I've been shot. Oh my god. Spinning, spinning, going to, can't see straight. My mask. Gotta fix my mask. Can't see my arm. Please let me out of this. This can't be how it. Ah, please out of here. Mary, please. I can't let this be it. So a lot of purple narration, a lot of inner turmoil. And he finally struggles and breaks free just as the nypd helicopter lights shine on him and a voice orders him to lay on the ground so naturally peter starts running and the helicopter open fires on him and i thought this was a funny bit the we see the dialogue inside of the helicopter and one cop says geez this guy is fast and the other guy says take him down now And the first guy says, why are we shooting at him? Shouldn't we? And the other guy says, he resisted arrest. He attacked an officer. Do your job. And uh, the guy said, but the horn set outside the store. I thought he was. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is the only police officer who's like using an ounce of brain power at all. (laughs) He's like obeying and he's still shooting, but he's like, you guys know this is the wrong dude, right? <laughs> and I cut you off before you got to my favorite
1: part of their conversation. What was that? When he goes, So he goes, do your job. And the guy goes, I'm just and then he he the other guy yells again, do your job. And he goes. Don't have to
0: yell. I have feelings. Oh, yeah. I love the I have feelings. I know you don't watch The Simpsons, but it reminds me of. um. There's a gag in The Simpsons where they're like, hit it, blink 182. And you see in the corner, like the guys from blink 182 are drawn in. And Mark Hoppus just goes, we have names, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, So they're helicopter's shooting at him. The cops are having their own little fun conversation. And Peter disappears into a dark alleyway. And we see that he's hiding inside of a dumpster, putting pressure on the bullet wound in his shoulder. And then we switch to Mary Jane's bedroom, where we see her journaling. And I think this is interesting. Um, This is what she's writing in her journal. Horrible nightmares every night since the bridge incident. The bridge incident. And I'm not a nightmare person. I just don't have them. I am officially freaking out. I think I should see a psychiatrist, but I can't because of Peter. That's tough. Yeah. And Gwen Stacy's trying to steal her boyfriend. (laughs) She has PTSD and a high school rival. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And just then the phone rings and MJ answers it. And Aunt May asks Mary Jane if Peter is with her. And MJ quickly makes up a story that he's in the bathroom. And we can tell from Mary Jane's side of the conversation that May is asking if she knows what time it is and to tell Peter to come home. And MJ says she didn't realize how late it was and that she'll tell Peter he needs to leave. She hangs up and says to herself, I should be an actress.
1: And this made me immediately look up when the Spider-Man movie came out, which is probably right around this time, but maybe a little bit later. Um, Because was Mary Jane always an has she always been like an actress or something like that? Because in those movies, she is an actress.
0: 616 Mary Jane is an actress, too. OK, so but I thought that was a cute little addition in here because You know, that's potentially what's in her future. Yeah. And she then gets another call and it's Peter. And she starts telling him that he has 45 minutes to get home, but his aunt didn't sound mad. And she can tell something's wrong. She notices the silence and says, hello, Peter. And the other end of the phone slowly says, Mary. Help me. And we see MJ take a cab into the city and wander around a bad neighborhood. And she comes upon the dumpster that Peter is in and tells him she brought first aid because she didn't know what else to do. And she sees the bullet wound and says, oh, my God, Peter, we have to get you to a hospital. And he says, they'll arrest me. And then she suggests calling Aunt May and he says, no, my Uncle Ben was shot. This will kill her. I don't know what to do. And MJ says, "I think I do." And we then see P. Uh, we then see MJ walking Peter into the entrance to an emergency room, and Peter has changed into civilian clothes. And MJ tells him, "I'll be right here." He walks in, dripping blood, and collapses into the arms of a nurse. And the nurses freak out and ask MJ if he's with her. And she tells them no. And they rush Peter into a room for treatment. And we see after they've treated his wound, um, Peter is pretending to be asleep in the hospital bed. And he listens to doctors talking to police officers behind the curtain, explaining what happened. And they said he wasn't wearing the shirt he was shot in. And they had no way to identify him and the officer pulls back the curtain and we see Peter's bed is empty and a single ceiling tile has been removed. If you were going to escape from a place, this is
1: something that always annoys me and it annoyed me when I saw this also, and you escaped through a ceiling tile, wouldn't you put it back properly on your way out? Like anyone looking around that room for more than five seconds would look up and be like, oh, the ceiling tiles, you know,
0: askew. He, he obviously climbed up there. Anyway, you know, that would be a good gag in like a movie or something where people just notice it immediately and then you can like <laughs> hear the like of <laughs> their, knee, their knees and hands hitting the ceiling and you just that walk through the so hallway funny. and follow them to wherever they're going to try and jump down. That would be so funny. (laughs) That's the thing I always think of is like someone climbing through a ceiling isn't going to be quiet. Like, first of all, they're probably going to break through under the like pressure of human weight that's not supposed to be up there. But second (laughs) of all, like if you've ever had like a rodent get in between your walls or something, you know, you can tell when a living thing is like in a ceiling or floor. That's. That's what I
1: immediately thought of when you said you can just hear them walking around. I was just you just hear this person walking around as if it's like a mouse scattering around the ceiling.
0: Um, got so excited talking about ceiling tiles. I lost my place. Give me a second. So the ceiling tile has been moved. We, the reader, are supposed to see that. It doesn't look like they actually saw that. Um, like the cop and the nurses. But MJ is sitting in the waiting room with Peter's Spidey costume in her bag when an officer bursts through the doors, asking if anyone has seen a patient come through there. And MJ starts to get up and leave as the cop says, Doc, lock down the ward and call your security force down here now. Well, so and when the
1: when the police officer bursts through into the waiting room right before that. Mary Jane sitting next to a woman and she sees the Spider-Man outfit in her bag. And then Mary Jane like notices her noticing the Spider-Man outfit. And she like quickly closes, you know, the bag up. So I don't know. I kind of, to me, that was like, Oh, maybe this woman is going to end up like getting questioned and saying something, or she was going to say something about Spider-Man. But since you kind of breeze through it and it and it didn't come up again in this issue, I'm guessing that that just will never, you know,
0: come up. I I think that's it's good that you brought that up, because I think that's MJ's fear is like if the cops are starting to ask around this lady, will be like, oh, well, that girl has Spider-Man's costume in her purse. <laughs> yeah. So a nurse sees MJ starting to leave and points to her and yells, hey, you. Yeah, you and Mary Jane takes off running with the cop and the nurses chasing her. And she exits the hospital, turns a corner and disappears. And we then see MJ and Peter on the roof of the hospital. where MJ Oh, says my
1: gosh, you skipped. That. <laughs> MJ, MJ disappears around the corner and then the nurse or I, I, I kept calling him the doctor in my notes, but. He talks to the EMT guys that are outside and he goes, did, did you see a girl? And the EMT guys go, no, was she hot? <laughs> and
0: that's just the end of it. And then we see them on the building. I can't believe you were going to leave that out. Bendis was having a lot of fun in these issues with like dialogue that doesn't matter from characters that don't matter, but it's fun. It feels it it felt very early 2000s to me. Yeah, but like it kind of makes the I, it's charming. It makes the world feel lived in. It makes it feel like well, these are other people, not just NPCs. It, I was thinking
1: it really just makes it seem like every single guy is just like. A meathead, like
0: woman hungry guy all the time. A horn dog. Yeah yes it does kind of come across that way but it was funny um so we see mj and peter on the roof of the hospital where mj says oh my god i'm going to faint and i didn't really like peter in this scene he says just get me home first and she asks him if he can swing them home and peter says mj i'm whacked out on painkillers right now i don't think i could find my house And she tells him she doesn't have any more money for a cab. And he asks her if she has an ATM card. And she's like, yeah, my savings. And Peter says, use that. I'll pay you back. Just get me home. And she hugs him. So you said you didn't. Okay, yeah, go on. She hugs him and says, I'm just glad you're all right. Like he had the audacity to go get himself shot being dumb and then call her into the city in a cab when she's already literally journaling about how all of his bs is like traumatizing her and but she can't go to a therapist because of him. He has her dig him out of a uh dumpster, take him to a hospital, run from cops and then and she's only like 15 also and she's in a bad neighborhood and then he's like give me all your money get me home it's not (laughs) we need to get home it's i'll pay you back get me home find your own way like Hmm. you know i i don't
1: think i realized on the first read how hey that's the name of the pod roll credits Um, take a shot (laughs) um but i didn't realize how like you are right about how you just characterized Peter and that he's like being a jerk kind of. And I don't think I really realized that because, you know, he was shot and he's like in a lot of pain. Um, and I was kind of also thinking, man, Mary Jane is being really strange in this scene because she. I didn't even notice the Oh, my God, I'm going to faint thing. But there's all this stuff going on. And like the first thing she says she goes, I can see your tushy and he's yeah, just, he's, he's still in a hospital <laughs> gown and he just like, she's looking at him. Here's exactly what the conversation is. She's looking at him and she must be like looking at him in a strange way. And he just says, what? And she goes, I can see your tushy. And he says, give me my pants and my web shooters. And then she asks if he can swing them home and, you know. But then at, at the end, she gives him a big hug and, and you know, says, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're all right. So I think maybe I was so caught off guard by the tushy comment, I didn't get any of the other stuff going on. But, yeah, Peter's kind of being a jerk.
0: Yeah. And the fact that she ends it by hugging him almost makes it easy to brush past and be like, oh, well, she forgave him. She she understood like him being a jerk and everything. But I think behind the scenes this is one more thing that's like taking a toll on her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As it should, because I also, I also
0: tend to forget that they're like 15 year olds. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is traumatic, you know, this whole issue is like, it's obviously traumatic for him, but he took on being Spider-Man. Like it comes with the job. He's kind of dragging her into it and not giving her any support system. Yeah. So they have that interaction and then the scene changes and we go to the, uh, the Parker house where May has fallen asleep watching TV. And she wakes up, goes upstairs to check on Peter and he's in bed pretending to be asleep and she kind of smiles and closes the door. And he then sits up in pain, holding the bandage around his shoulder and turns on the TV in his room and sees a news report about the manhunt for him. And an officer on the screen says, Let me make myself perfectly clear. Vigilante behavior will not be tolerated in this city, masked or otherwise. We have been lenient on people like this Spider-Man, but those days are over. Clearly, he is a coward and a thief. He wears a mask, and now we know why. Don't you worry. This Spider-Man Weasel will pay for what he has done here tonight. And the issue ends. <laughs> These police officers are so stupid.
1: <laughs> the other Spider-Man's probably like still just hanging out in the jewelry store. Um, so you you didn't really uh touch too much on Aunt, the panel or the page we get of Aunt May watching Peter sleep, but I thought she was kind of drawn in an interesting way, like all four different times she's drawn. And I wrote them down. I, so, so there's four panels of her drawn. In the first one, she's standing over Peter. And I think it almost looks intimidating. Like, it doesn't look motherly to me. It looks like something out of a horror movie. Is that... Are you getting any of the, I mean, we know it's Aunt May and she isn't, but I think if you replace that with a bad character, then that'd be kind of a, and a creepy scene, you like know? So Patrick I don't know. Carnell was standing like that. Over yes. Someone. Yes, yes, exactly. And then the next shot of her right after that, I think she looks kind of angry and she's got like tears swelling in her eyes. And then she kind of gives a slight smile that I think also looks a little unsettling. And like, I wrote conniving, even. Um, but then she cl- leaves the room and closes the door. And I said, she's doing the move where she's got her hand on her heart. And it looks like she's like, oh, bless his heart. He's just, he's just such a good, I'm, you know, he didn't even wake me up when he came in. So I don't know. I, I thought it was. You know, I I kind of got some different feelings each time I saw her.
0: That was you really didn't, good. You didn't get any of that, Bart. did you? Oh, okay. To me it just looks like she's stern and then she kind of softens up. Like, oh, yeah. he was out late, but he's home safe. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, that's what it really is, because Aunt May is not conniving or anything. But but I do think part of her, especially in that second shot where she's like looking at him kind of upset, I think she can tell he has like lied to her in some way,
0: you know? Well, half of her face is kind of obscured in shadow, which looks visually interesting, but also can sometimes be like metaphoric. And it's like that in the other in the other one of her, too. Yeah, mm. and did you notice the big splash panel of like the imposter Spider-Man in the first issue? Half of his face was obscured in shadow. Oh, I didn't notice that. He was kind of two-faced. Yep, it's hard to.
1: Oh, so could this Spider-Man
0: be Two-Face? It could not because this is Marvel. <laughs> but I like where your head's at. Um, I, oh, that's hard true. Thing- I, was, <laughs> I forgot that was a Batman guy. <laughs> It's hard to tell, like, when that's done metaphorically and when it's done to make the art, like, engaging. I think here it's probably to make it engaging. There, it's somewhat metaphorically. Yeah. But it is always interesting when, you know, when you see that, like, partial shading on a face. Yeah. I'll have to start looking for that. So what do you think of this issue? Um, I thought it was good. I think... I mean, I kind of laid this out, but I think the subtext here is this was a Mary Jane issue. I think this is about the fact that, you know, Peter took on the responsibility of being Spider-Man and he told her his secret and kind of unwittingly put her into a position of responsibility that she didn't ask for. And I think that's weighing on her in the background and he doesn't know yet. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I didn't really think about that. That's funny because when I when I gave my notes for this issue, I didn't include anything about that. But but it I guess it's like a 200 p- issue run. So we're going to get all of these interpersonal personal stories fleshed out way more than any like villain stories, you know, who are just like the villain of the week or something like that.
0: Oh yeah, these kind of things are are done in a slow burn. So, um when we looked at that issue 2 weeks ago now where she was like smiling and she was like, "Ooh, Peter, go fight the rhino. My boyfriend's going to kick your butt." Yeah. I commented on how I thought that was weird and how like I thought she would be more traumatized by the bridge incident because I I was remembering this coming up. I was like, "Oh yeah," I remember after the Green Goblin threw her off the bridge, she kind of she, she kind of changed her tune on the Spider-Man stuff, and I think that that's starting to happen here. Yeah, I
1: wonder if she's like trying to play um like strong a little bit, you know. I think I think she's putting on a brave face. Yeah. Um well, I like this arc that's happening here. I I'm very interested in who this other Spider-Man is. I wish that we had gotten a little bit more of that, but I feel like that's probably coming in the next one. You know, we had to deal with Peter recovering from being shot in this one. Um, I'm going to put out a guess that Norman Osborn is somehow responsible for this, Um, which is maybe like an obvious guess because how, how else are people getting, you know, these powers or whatnot, but What happened to Green Goblin? I
0: don't even remember. Is he dead? He's presumed dead. Okay. Where did we leave him? Like. Uh, Smoking on the floor of his house with like bullets through him. Oh, Harry stabbed him from behind also. And then the helicopter lit him up and he turned human again. And they were just. His body was smoking and they weren't even like didn't no one seemed concerned by it like they weren't yeah. giving him medical treatment or you know putting cuffs okay. on him well that is my guess um and i thought he was back here because at first so did panels, i that- <laughs> the panels at the end where the uh, there's like a police officer talking on tv about peter i was so certain that was norman osborne he looked like him he was drawn very similar.
1: Yeah, that's that's what put the idea of him in my head. That's why immediately when I saw that I was like, "Oh, this is Norman Osborne's doing." And then I read it and I was like,
0: "Oh wait, this is the detective? Well, this is still probably Norman Osborne somehow. <laughs> Mark Bagley, we love you, but you you probably should have differentiated that guy's face a little bit. Unless unless maybe that is like a
1: s- like subconscious like they want you to think that that it's osborne no it's not (laughs) um but i gave this one an eight out of ten and i have a scale for it but it's not a very good one so if you want to try to come
0: up with a scale real fast we can do that i said eight out of ten boyfriends in a dumpster (laughs) (laughs) that's actually pretty good
1: um, I mine was eight out of ten bullets missing Spider Man as he jumps away. Oh, yeah. Um, because
0: it's a miracle he didn't get hit by more. Yeah, those cops have the accuracy of like stormtroopers, and there's like helicopters like lighting him up, and he's just like, how did it? you know he's yeah, you know if you make like neom noises while you're running. You're scientifically going to be faster than the bullets that are getting shot at you.
1: <laughs> that must be what he's doing. He's just like, dodge, 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 dodge.
0: <laughs> you um, can dodge okay. a bullet, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, What is what are your what's your scale or what's um, your score? This is an eight out of ten because I like the Mary Jane plot that's brewing.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought both of these were good. Is this going to wrap up in our next week? What are we reading for
0: next week? Um, Well, next week we are back in ultimates because we're jumping back and forth in those. Uh, We're going to be. Why? Why are we doing this? Can we give the listeners? Yeah,
1: because this 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 explanation is for the listeners and it's for me, because every time I get engaged with a
0: story, we jump back to the other one. (laughs) So we're doing this so that a we're still a Spider-Man podcast. We're still, you know, at least half the time right now. We're we're focused on Spider-Man, but we wanted to read the ultimates because uh, Brian Hitch and Jonathan Hickman are bringing that universe back this summer. That's right. Ultimate Invasion. And we figured that by the time we're done with our coverage of the ultimates by jumping every other week. By the time we finish that series, the first issue of Ultimate Invasion should be coming out around then.
1: Okay. I like it. Very.
0: (laughs) I love that it's like
1: (laughs) we're doing this because we really want to read the Ultimates because there's another one, but we have to go back and read Spider Man because it's a Spider Man podcast and the
0: Spider Man issues are better. (laughs) I promise we're going to chill after this. We're like, there's no more series like ultimate team up where we have to read all of them there's not going to be any more like we're not going to start reading you know x-men ultimate x-men everywhere week we're not going to read ultimate fantastic four like we're we're gonna chill for a little bit okay so is next week ultimates eight and nine it is you want to you want to give a tease for it So next week, we are going to read Ultimates issues eight and nine. (laughs) Well, well, you didn't let me finish. Okay. Someone we like might be giving someone we don't like their comeuppance. Oh, that's right. Captain
1: America found Hank Pym by asking the computer where he is. (laughs)
0: Which no one else thought to do. It was that easy.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, I I am excited to go back into this. Oh, good. Um, okay. Do you have anything else on spy on the Spider-Man or the Ultimates front? I do not. Do you? No, I don't. I liked them both. High praise.
0: What you did? You rate this last issue? Did you? Say I it did. Was...
1: I I gave it eight out of ten bullets okay. missing Spider-Man. Okay. Well, cool. Did you have anything else for us? Um. Well, sort of. So do you know what this
0: past Thursday was the anniversary of? I guess not the NFL draft. What was it the anniversary of? Um, It was or maybe it was Wednesday. I think
1: it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. The 26th. Anyway, you still don't know because you would. But it was the anniversary of Avengers Endgame coming out four years ago. Oh, which, yeah. Um, I did see
0: that on Twitter.
1: And so I I watched it. And Zach will know this and, and some listeners because I've maybe talked about it before. But my sister and I went and booked the Tony Stark cabin at Airbnb this past summer. And we stayed at it for like two or three days and uh just like hung out there and watched a bunch of movies and 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 we got to see a bunch of like the places where the movie was filmed you know um not only that but like black panther and it's this big lot of land so it's like where the f- fights were against thanos's army and you know we went to the place where thanos snapped his fingers and we just got pictures at all these different places and it was really cool um but man it was fun rewatching. Endgame, and I was not even thinking about that. And then they show up to Tony Stark's cabin, and I did the Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> pointing at the at the screen, and I was like, "Oh my god, we were there!" And I immediately texted my sister, and I was like, "Oh, this is so fun rewatching Endgame, and like, we were there. I I I cooked on that grill that's sitting in the background, you know. <laughs> um, so that was fun, and I, and I was thinking maybe you know there might be a way to to put up some of those pictures if anyone would would find that interesting um there's the scene in in the newest wakanda movie i know zach and i have talked about where there there's like they go into the woods and there's like a burial or or something uh we were there and we got to see all that and we saw the mound that you know looked like a grave so We just got a bunch of cool pictures. I don't know. I'll I'll maybe try to find a way to throw them up on the YouTube account or or send them to you and you can put them on the Instagram account or something.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let's get those on the Instagram. Okay. do you have anything else? But I did rewatch Endgame and it's still like my favorite movie. (laughs) That's cool. I'm glad it glad it holds up. I mean, I'm sure it does. I I haven't watched it in a long time. I probably I'll probably do that soon now that you planted the idea in my head yeah should we move into our last segment i think we
1: shall okay so
0: if you want mailbag
1: oh i love it that was a little jingle okay well this one is from matt Connick, and he said i started reading ultimate spider-man last week and just randomly came across your pod on spotify Been listening while at work and I love it. It's fun to hear you guys getting better each episode. I'm all caught up with your Ultimate Spider-Man episodes and look forward to the next episode on Ultimates, parentheses, which I also started reading. Thanks and keep it up.
0: Sorry, Matt. I know what the next episode of Ultimates you heard was. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I will say, I don't ever listen to our podcast outside of actually having the conversations and then like editing it. I had so much fun talking about those terrible issues. And like, I felt like you and I were on, I went back and I listened to it again this week. I didn't care. I had a good time. Was it a good one? <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Nice. Um, well, thank you, Matt. That's very, very nice. And uh, Matt Conic, more like iconic. You're
1: a rock star. Keep doing you. That was amazing. He might use that as a nickname for the rest of his life if if that indeed is how you pronounce his last name, conic, <laughs> it could be Konic or
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um nice well should i should I tell tell everybody how to uh get in touch with us if they want to and send it out please do okay, well, if you want to leave us a comment you can. Find us at the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify, on Apple Music. Zach, would you say it's safe to say we can be found anywhere that people listen to podcasts? Literally anywhere. Okay, so yeah, anywhere. You can also come chat with us. Leave us a comment on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube first read ultimate Spider-Man podcast or at ultimate Spider-Man podcast. Did I leave any, uh, anything out and, and by the way, thank you so much to Ian Hickey for our music and Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. Did I get all of our socials?
0: Yep. You crushed it. Nice. Well then I'll see you next week. Swing on by later (laughs) webheads. Yeah. Bye. Bye.